Appreciate our orchestra. Man. Have you ever been to a service where they didn't have any music and the people who were there couldn't sing? <laughs> I've been in several. I have no desire to be in another one. <laughs> the Lord can come even when the singing's terrible and, the, and there's no instruments. But I think it's hard to open your heart to it when you want to close your ears. <laughs> Thankful so much for our orchestra. Appreciate what they bring to the service. If you have your Bibles, will you turn with me, if you would, to Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. We've been studying here in Zechariah and took some time last week to recount what was prophecy in our scriptures, but history for us. And uh, I was very nervous that I was going to bore you to death last Sunday, and, and the feedback was that I didn't accomplish that, so that, that's good, and we're happy about that. But um, I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to pick up our reading in verse 11. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as lightning, and the Lord God shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts shall defend them, and they shall devour, and subdue with sling stones, and they shall drink, and make a noise as through wine." And they shall be filled like bulls, and as the corners of the altar. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they shall be as the stones of a crown, lifted up as an ensign upon his head. For how great is his goodness, and how great it is, is his beauty. Corn shall make the young men cheerful, and new wine the maids. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thankful, Lord, for great heroes of the faith like Isaac Watts that we had the privilege of hearing about in the song service. Thankful for those that left a heritage, left a blessing for us to pick up along the way. We ask one more time that you'd help us as we endeavor to preach the truth that, Lord, help us this evening to lay down a, a blessing that those that would would pick it up and would be blessed by it. We ask these things in your precious, perfect name. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things that Hebrew authors like to do is they, they had a, 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 there's a couple of structures that they would uh, situate their uh, prophecies around or their narratives and so forth. And, and so, for instance, they would have um, the last part kind of equal the end part and then in the middle would be set off. And uh, I, 
I, it's kind of hard to explain, but that's kind of what's going on here, is, is that in the previous uh, beginning of this chapter, in the beginning of this uh, prophecy, we have uh, these terrible events that are going to take place, all these cities that are going to fall, and, and yet in the middle and at the end of last week's sermon was that the Lord was going to be in the midst, and that he was going to send his son, and how wonderful that is. And we're looking forward to that. And now here's another part, and, it's, and, and there's another bit of negativity. There's, this time the enemy is coming for Jerusalem, coming for God's people. And that's a little bit discouraging, I think, if, if you're in that day to, to hear the prophet say, I, I have news for you after I've just told you about the coming Messiah. I want you to know there's a bad man coming. Man, that just isn't very encouraging, is it? I can't pronounce his name. I believe it's something like Antithopus. He was a, a Greek general that was uh, under, uh, under uh, Alexander the Great. And after Alexander the Great passed away, there, these different regions were broken up to his generals. And, and now his great kingdom has fallen apart and... And the general that became king, became ruler over the area that included Jerusalem was a very, very bad person. He started by demanding that the scriptures be burned. He required that the Sabbath day not be observed any longer. He required that, that they know, uh, not be allowed to circumcise their sons. He also set up a temple, uh, within the temple, an altar to a false god. And he had the audacity to slay a pig on that altar in the temple of Almighty God. I can't imagine what that had to be like for them. I, I mean, hey, I, I, we have a little bit of understanding. We could understand uh, certainly having our Sabbath day taken away if the government would require us to work and would not require, uh, allow us to, to keep the Sabbath day. I think we could kind of understand that. And I think we could understand if they took our Bibles and they burned them and, and they didn't let us have God's Word. And, and how precious would it be for those that had memorized God's Word? Certainly those that had the most Scripture memorized, they would become treasures to us. Certainly... Circumcision is not something that, that is required anymore and perhaps not something that we can relate to. And, and certainly, I, even though it, it's not an abomination, I would have a problem if someone came into this sanctuary and sacrificed an animal, let alone a, a, a pig, something that, that God had said was unclean and slew it here in the, in the sanctuary. I can understand why, why they would be upset about that. I can understand their frustration it is the only time that Greece has, has ever lifted up its hands against God's people. And it's bad news, and I, I hate to tell you this, but it, as I don't need to be a prophet to tell you this. Anyone could get up here and say this. If you live long enough, there's bad days of coming. Some of you already have experienced a few bad days already. 
And some of you have experienced some horrendous days. Some of you have already been through some deep, dark valleys and, and some places that, that you're thankful that God helped you get through them and you don't have any desire to go through them again. But unfortunately for us, we don't know what the future holds. Maybe fortunately. Maybe if we did know, we would, we'd have a hard time even getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe all of us would hide under our bed tonight if we knew what the future holds. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that whatever trials, whatever battles that are ahead for us, that, that we will have confidence that, that the Lord will see us through them. But, but I can kind of imagine that if I knew all the trials that I had between now and until the day that I, I lay down my cross and go home, I might be concerned. I might be concerned by how many there are, and I might be concerned about how few there are. If there weren't very many, I'd be thinking maybe it's, the end is near. But however the case is, we know that there will be battles, just as, as uh, the Greeks uh, uh, general, as, as he became a, a thorn and a, and a difficulty to the people of God, so we have an enemy. We have an enemy that seeks to destroy us, and we have an enemy that would seek to go into the temple of our heart and desecrate it by sacrifice, uh, causing us to sacrifice our time and, and our resources and our energy to something other than the Lord. We have an enemy of our soul that so much so that the, uh, that the Lord prepared for us the armor of God so that we would have defense against the enemy and, and also that we'd have offense with the sword of the Spirit. This word of truth. We have, we have an enemy. I wish we didn't. I wish I could tell you that the enemy is not out to destroy us. I, I wish I could tell you that he's been tamed. But I want to tell you something this, this evening with all my heart. Our enemy is no match for our Lord. They can take our Bibles and they can burn them. They can take us and put us in jail. They, can't, they can take the Ten Commandments off the courtroom uh, walls. They can, they can make praying illegal. But one of the things they cannot do is they cannot take the Lord out of our hearts. They can't change who we bow down to. They can't cho uh, change who our heart yields to, who we choose to be obedient to. They can have our church building and they can have our property and they can, they can tax us until we cannot uh, survive. They can, they, can t they can burn our bodies, but they cannot throw our soul into hell. They cannot change the direction of our heart. And I don't know what the future holds. And I'm not trying to paint the scary future because I'm trusting God to send revival. And, and I'm hoping that, and praying that, that God's people will get a hold of Him and, and it will turn the hearts of our nation back towards Him. I'm not trying to paint a, a dark, a horrible picture. I, I don't know what it is. But here's one thing. No matter how dark it gets, Here's the thing that he, God says to His people. He says that He has already provided a way of deliverance. 
Here he is. He's telling the people it's going to be bad. And, and the Greeks is going to uh, uh, raise their, their fist against uh, Jerusalem. But listen here. I have already promised to deliver you. I've already got it planned out. I've already prepared a way. And that excites me tonight because I don't know what the enemy has planned for me. I don't know the trap that he's trying to lock me into. I don't know the evil devices he has for me. But this I know. The Lord has already prepared a way of escape. Amen. He's already promised deliverance if I look for the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how, how the, the Lord will prepare that way. I don't know uh, what it will look like when it comes. But this I know He's already promised and I can look for it. He's already promised and I can look for it. I think about Job as the enemy sought him and put him in his targets. And I don't know how Job made it except for the Lord provided a way of escape in the midst of it. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. I know that He knows the way that I take. God had already been laying down a foundation of truth. And in the midst of that great and terrible temptation, He relied on the truth that God had already placed in His heart. David, as, he's, as he was about to, to commit a terrible crime against Bathsheba, he was going to, to, to sin against her, and, and he was going to sin against his, her husband, and, and she, he was going to do all, a, a terrible thing, and his, he was going to lose his, his way. God had seen it. He'd looked down through the, the time, and he saw that David was going to fall. He saw that he was going to falter. And God said, I'm going to prepare a way for him. And in the, in the right season, in the right moment, Nathan shows up and he says, Thou art the man. And there was a way that was provided for David to escape where he was. And down through history, every single individual who's ever sought the Lord, has ever or tried to be a, a servant of His, every time the enemy has circled the wagons, every time that the enemy has tried to circle around Him and, and provide, and they would say, there's no way of escape. You might as well surrender to, to me. You, there, There's no way out. I want you to know that God has always, every single time, provided a means of deliverance for His people. I remember so many times the enemy would just come in like a flood and he'd say to me, he said, you might as well just give in because I'm not going to leave you alone until you do. I wish I would have understood as a young person that I, if I would have just held on a little longer and finally I did find out that I could hold on and I could trust the Lord. I could believe in his word and I could find out that God always provided the means of escape whenever I was looking for it. But here's the problem, so oftentimes we're not looking for it. So oftentimes we, we get caught up in our problem, we get caught up in our trial, we get caught up in, a, in our temptation, and we stop looking for the way of escape. We stop looking for deliverance. We think, well, you know what, we'll fight our way through. We'll do it in our own strength and in our own might, and we fail miserably. Sometimes we give in to despair and discouragement. Depression because it doesn't seem like there's a way out. 
What a terrible thing to give in to discouragement. Sometimes some, when I'm feeling discouraged, someone will say to me, keep encouraged. And I'll say, well, I can't keep something I don't have right now. <laughs> I never say it. I don't say it, but I, sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes we get so discouraged. And I'll say, keep your head up. And I'll say, man, I, I don't have enough strength to keep my head up. You know what we ought to say sometimes? Let me hold your head up. I know what you're going through. Or maybe I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell, I can see. I know that there's something going on, and I know it feels like the enemy has targeted you, but I want you to know that I, I'm going to hold you up. The scriptures tell us to lift up those that are weak in the knees. That are, oh, that God would raise up those that took it upon themselves to say, I'm going to be one who lifts up the one who is too weak to stand by their selves. What if you, what if you are the way of escape? What if you're the means of deliverance for someone else? Oh, what a wonderful thought this evening. That God would use us in our weakness, in our frailty. In our <laughs> and he'd say, you know what? I want to use you to provide the means of escape. Wow. I'm thankful for those that came alongside of me in the times when I didn't know how to make it. When I thought for sure I couldn't go this old-fashioned way. I'm so thankful for those that said, come on, I can, I'm going to help you out. I'm going I'm to pray for you. I'm going I'm, I'm to do whatever I can to help you to make it. There's not a one of us that are as where we are spiritually without the help of someone else. There's not a one of us that has, has gotten to the place that we are without somebody lifting us up when we were falling down. There was not a one of us that can say, you know, I came into salvation and nobody ever prayed for me. I just walked right into salvation. Now it didn't happen. I don't know if it ever happens. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not going to put the Lord in a box tonight. I'm just, just saying that for the vast majority of people, almost every person that I've ever met, and as far as I know, every person I've ever met that knows the Lord, somebody was praying for them. Somebody was holding on. Someone was saying, Lord, if it be possible, let me be the way of deliverance for that one. Oh, that God would rise up amongst our congregation, those that would be spiritual EMTs and spiritual fighter fighters and spiritual uh, rescue workers. And when the call goes out, it doesn't matter if it's the middle of the night or if it's early in the morning, but there would be a, a call that goes out and you'd hear the, the, the beep of your beeper going off and you know immediately you need to get down on your knees or you need to make a phone call to make it and try to help them and hold them up. When's the last time the Lord's woken you up in the middle of the night and said, pray? When's the last time the Lord's woke you up in the night and it's a burden that's on your heart and you can't go to sleep because the burden's too great? Oh, that God would help us to be spiritual rescue workers. 
I believe with all my heart that God's promised a, a means of escape for all, but, but f folks, I want to be there when the Lord is calling on me to be that one. But ultimately, the Lord wants us to trust Him. You see, the whole purpose for all these, these prophecies and all these promises of deliverances were simply this. The Lord wants us to trust Him. It's hard to do when you're looking at the end of a spear. It's hard to do when you get that diagnosis you didn't want. It's hard to do when the home isn't as peaceful as you wish it were. It's hard to do when that son or that daughter isn't where they need to be spiritually. It's hard to do. That's why the Lord gave us all these precious promises. No, He doesn't promise it's all going to work out. And no, He doesn't say that everything's going to be the way that we hoped it would be. You know, the Bible's real honest and, and it, it, if there's any reason to believe God's word is that it's honest with itself and honest to us. We can point to those that, that didn't get a miraculous deliverance. Oh, I'm thankful for the uh, three Hebrew children who, who the fourth man in the fire showed up, the Son of God, who, who protected them. I'm thankful for, for the angel of the Lord that, that stops the lion's mouth for Daniel, but... But for those, there's John the Baptist who's beheaded by a drunk and lustful king who is not worthy to even hear John the Baptist preach. There's Stephen who's being stoned by those that, that don't want to hear the message of, of a, a resurrected Lord. The apostles who all but one are martyred for the cause of Christ. The scripture doesn't shy away from the fact that deliverance doesn't always come the way that we want it to come. The Bible is scary truthful. It really is. And what does the scripture say about that? It says there in the book of Revelations that those that those that have been martyred are crying out in the throne, How long, O oh Lord? How long are you going to, to let this slide? How long until justice for our blood? How long? And the Lord says, Hold on, there's still more coming. There's still more martyrs. I'm going to finish this. And when, I, and when it's ready, I'm going to bring justice. You see, we get caught up, and it's easy to, in this life. We get caught up in those dates, the, the date that we're born and the date that we pass. And we think, we know better, but we think that's all there is. And Lord, if you're going to get judgment for me, you're going to have to do it between these two dates. Lord, if you're going to deliver me, you've got to deliver me between these two dates. Lord, if you're going to show yourself mighty and strong in this situation, you've got to do it between my birthday and my death date. You've got, to, you've got to do it between these two dates. And the Lord says, whoa. 
I'm more than able to deliver in this life and in the life to come. That's hard sometimes. We're not always as patient as we should be. How long, O oh Lord? How long? You know, that's a question that's asked often in Scripture. How long? But I'm thankful he didn't. I'm thankful he didn't cut it, uh, cut the time off. I'm glad he didn't uh, stop the 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 means of grace before I had a chance to get in. I'm glad the Lord didn't demand justice before I was ready to receive mercy. And if I feel that way about myself, what about those others that that God has full intention of of seeing through and and those that He's going to show mercy to? Would we want them to show justice before they, they have an opportunity to receive mercy? I couldn't wish it. I couldn't wish it. For I want to see everyone make it that can make it and will make it. We can trust the Lord. He doesn't work on our timetable and He doesn't work according to the, our designs and our plans and the ways that we want Him to do it. But we can trust the Lord. There's a story of a man. He was working on his roof by himself and he slipped. And as he's sliding down, he just barely gets a hold of the gutters, and he's dangling two stories up over a concrete driveway. He's barely hanging on, and he calls down. He says, is there anyone down there that that can help me? And there's no answer. Nobody was there. Finally, he looks up to the heavens, and he says, is there anyone up there that can help me? And a voice from heaven says, yes, I am here. You can trust me. Let go and I'll catch you. And the man calls out, is there anyone else up there who can help me? (laughs) The answer is no. We don't like the answer. We don't like that have to let go and trust God. But when we do, we can. And he doesn't fail to catch his children every single time. Let's stand together. Amen. Amen. Brandon, dismiss us in prayer, please.